Hello, hello, and welcome everybody to today's episode of Everyday Perspectives. Today's episode is a guest episode with the beautiful Jessie De Silva. Jessie is an intuitive growth coach for ambitious, high-earning CEOs and those on their way to becoming one of them. She uses her business mind as a former lawyer, as well as her psychic gifts and understanding of universal energy principles to help business owners reach new milestones in their income. I actually just signed up for Jesse's program, Practical Alchemy, and I am so excited to be a part of it. So that is something that she mentions in this podcast episode, and I am now super, super excited for it to begin. It is starting in July, so that's going to be really exciting. We cover so many different topics in this episode, like leaning into your gifts. She gives a wonderful breakdown of that phrase, money is energy, and what that truly means. And it was really, really insightful the way that she explains it. She talks about the importance of asking your guides to give you what you need and how to do that. She discusses how she works to create beautiful workspaces from the top down, which I think is so important, so needed, especially in corporate cultures. And I like I know the work that Jessie is doing is so powerful. She speaks about the importance of leaving room for magic. And we talk about a lot of not forcing things to happen, but allowing space for things to unfold in beautiful ways, in magical ways. She speaks about her openness to learning more and just how that has led her a lot in her life to beautiful opportunities and things that she's been able to manifest. We talk about relying on your intuition and psychic gifts. Living in trust is something that she really, really focuses on as well. We talk about the difference between the higher self and future self work and what that looks like. And I thought that was such an important distinction that she breaks down really well. And this episode, I just know will resonate with a lot of people. I think that the topics that we discuss are so important and I am so grateful that we were able to have this conversation. Jessie's energy was like, she speaks about how it really did feel like a warm hug when I tapped into her energy so that was such a wonderful experience for me personally and I am so excited to work with her if you are new to everyday perspectives welcome welcome Um, this is a very spiritual podcast where I speak about shifting from that victim mentality mindset that I operated in for so long into a co-creator with the universe and really stepping into my power And Jessie is definitely someone who has stepped into her power, and it is just a beautiful thing to witness and to just connect with her. So let's get into today's episode. Hello, hello, and welcome everybody to the Everyday Perspective podcast. Today, I am joined by my beautiful guest, Jessie Da Silva. I'm so excited to have you here, Jessie. 
I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I know it's going to be a beautiful conversation. I can already feel that energy, to be honest. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited. Um, before we get into our conversation, I always just do a little bit of a guided breathing, grounding, and then I open up the space to my guides to come through in the conversation. So if you want to join me in closing down the eyes, anyone listening, if you are able to close down your eyes, you can go ahead and do that as well. Let's just tune into the body, tune into the breath. Watching the inhales and the exhales. Just noticing how they're moving through the body. Noticing how you feel in the body. Noticing if there's any thoughts arising. No matter what's going on is exactly perfect and as it should be. Breathing in. Breathing out. If you want to join me and taking three deep inhales in through the nose and out through the mouth. We'll do the first one together, and then you can do the other two at your own pace. Breathing in. Breathing out. And two more at your own pace, in through the nose and out through the mouth. If you want to keep the eyes closed while I open up the space, guides, spirits, guardians of the light, I ask you to come through with whatever messages you want to come through today. I am so grateful for you connecting me and Jesse for this conversation. I know that she is supposed to be here and that there are no coincidences. I ask that any message that comes through, come through kindly, clearly, and in highest good of all who are listening. I thank you for your guidance. I thank you for your wisdom. I am grateful. And if you want to join me, if you haven't already, you can wiggle the fingers, maybe wiggle the toes, and then open up the eyes and meet yourself back into the room. Hello. Hi, that was lovely. Oh, I'm so glad. It really just 
tunes me in. <laughs> Jesse, Jesse, I'm so happy to have you here. I can really kind of feel your energy, to be honest. Um, it feels very potent. <laughs> I've been told my energy feels like a warm hug. Oh, that's really like, it's, it's, that's what I feel. It's like, I, I feel it kind of like wrapping around me. So that's really, yeah. <laughs> Whoever told you that was telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> that's good to know. <laughs> so I always open up with this question. I'm tell it's, I'm told it's loaded. Um, and it's, who are you? Oh man, I love that. Ooh, I mean like that, what an existential question to ask too, right? Um, well, on this, I guess who I am in this iteration of life, right, is um, I'm a lot of things, you know, I'm the standard like, you know, like daughter, sister, friend, all of those things. Um, I identify as a woman, I identify as like bisexual, those are things that are part of those monikers, but um, I'll go with my mission, I guess. My mission on this earth is really like to raise the vibration of working people. So for me, it's about making sure that both people who are employees know that they never need to tolerate any kind of toxic environment, that they can always either find something better or that they can start their own money-making journey and that money is abundant and they can connect with it whenever they want, because then that will hopefully inspire people at the top to start treating people with respect and creating the kinds of workplaces we want. And then I also work with people at the top to create these beautiful work environments, like create good corporate cultures that allow people to be their best selves as employees and when people are their best selves, they manifest for your business and the company's good as well. So really like that's my calling is to just like change how we work in, I mean, I, I would say in developed nations, but everywhere, you know, I think that it's most imbalanced in a lot of developed nations. So that's what I feel like my mission is on this earth. And then how I do that is I work with people one-on-one. I work with them in group programs, I put a lot of free content out there. I love to write. I love to share my story. And yeah, that's basically how I guess I guess that answers that loaded question. It gives a good intro, right? It's good a good uh view of the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And we're we we're all about digging deeper <laughs> and good, see yeah. yeah. So I'm really curious into how you got to finding your mission. Um, what did that look like for you in your development over your life? Because I find that a lot of people who are very passionate about helping others and helping businesses be better, um, there's a really beautiful story there that also has a lot of ups and downs. So I um, would love to hear what your story looks like and how you got to this place. Sure. Really, it's just about having worked in a ton of places that I've hated working, really, is like what it comes down to. And always knowing that I could have done better or I wish I could speak like openly. I wish I could speak candidly with supervisors, with business owners and not feeling empowered to do so. Right. Like that's really what led me to this mission. And I think it's because um, I don't know if anybody's familiar with human design, but I'm a five one profile. I'm a five one too. Yeah. (laughs) So funny. 
So five ones, we are like the, we're the profile most likely to be fired. And it's funny because I've been fired more times than I think anybody I know. And like, not, not for like, usually not for like terrible reasons. It's just like worked out that way. I've like, yeah, I've like lost more jobs than like a normal person. Wow. And I think it's just because like, you know, it's even small things like our worked books a million and retail, like in college and like the people I worked with, like the management there expected me to like prioritize that job over my college classes. And so I was like, okay, that's not happening. So uh, bye. <laughs> so they were like, okay, well, if you're not going to do that, then we can fire you or you can quit. And so I quit. Um, and then I've also been in environments that I loved working in. But that didn't respect like my, you know, me being human and having a life. And I worked in, I had journalism internships and not that those weren't respectful, respectful of me as an intern, but I saw how it took a toll on the people who, you know, were established in that career around me, you know, and then going into law was very much very similar where in law, the culture is very much like you're doing a good job if no one says anything. And it was so weird because the first few internships I had, I was like, am I, am I doing it right? Like, am I, am I okay? Like, am I like good at this? I don't know. Like, I'm just doing stuff and no one's saying anything. So I guess it's fine. And then <laughs> it was funny because this was one of my first internships, like at the end of the summer, one of the associates was, I think she had gotten a job somewhere else. And this was like the rare occasion I was in this office that I loved. Like I loved working there and it was super supportive and everybody was so lovely. And I still had like zero feedback from a lot of people. So then when I showed up to this like party for somebody who was like leaving or retiring or something, I don't remember me and the other intern showed up and they were like, Oh, it's the star interns. You guys are amazing. Your work is so good. Thank you so much for helping us all summer. And we were like, what? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> so and that was in like a good environment that we loved being in. So it was pretty funny. Like it's been lots of things like that. And then, you know, as more like being in a more established career, like after all my education and stuff, you know, I worked for, you know, I worked for, variety of organizations. I worked for like a small solo practitioner that didn't quite fit. I didn't feel like I could be my authentic self. It just felt like a little, like just awkward, just awkward for me. That's all. And then working for like the Florida attorney general, where it was like, you know, I remember getting advice from one of my coworkers when I started and she said, never turn anything in early because if you can turn things in early, they'll give you more work. And she was like, and then it's impossible to keep up with. And it was like, that shouldn't be the, like the advice you get, like in your first week. Right. Like, so, so I had gotten that and then, you know, <laughs> working, I worked for like a major news organization and I loved it. There it was my dream job. And for, for a long time, it was my dream job. And I was really appreciated by the company, but I had like a really uncomfortable situation with my supervisor who just was kind of cold toward me. And I felt like there was some competition there, even though I didn't, I wasn't competing. I wasn't trying to, it just felt really, really gross, like deeply uncomfortable. Um, and it led to me feeling like it, it eroded what was my dream job. And it made it like, it was like this really big, like boulder that just, eventually pushed me out because I couldn't, I couldn't sustain my passion for something when I felt like somebody wasn't on my team and wasn't on my side. 
And, you know, aside from that, my, like I was changing as a person and then I went into nonprofit work and I loved the people I worked with, but I went into a role where, you know, I was supposed to be more of a research-based role and I'm definitely somebody who's made to be seen. So I just realized that like I took a position where I was not in my strengths and eventually that caught up with me. I was bad at that job. Not going to lie about it. I was bad at that job. And uh, they were basically, it got, it got, came to a head and they were like, all right, we can fire you or you can quit. So I went ahead and, you know, took the out and I've got nothing but love for them there because they freed me. They freed me to like take up this line of work, which I love so much more. Like, and it's definitely more in line, but I had started out as a job hunt coach. So really helping people get out of difficult situations and moving them into their dream jobs, helping them connect with their soul's purpose, all of that. And then COVID shut everything down. And it was funny because I'd been doing so much mindset work in that amount of time. So it was about eight, eight or nine months. And by the time COVID shut everything down, I was like, oh, okay, nobody's going to be hiring for jobs because they're going to be scared for like the next like foreseeable future. But I got really excited because I was like, I've been spending all this time learning how to start and scale a business. And I have so much to offer people and people are going to need ways to make money. So that was what I did. I immediately pivoted into business coaching and helping people get their businesses off the ground and start making money. And when I made that shift, I wound up making $30,000 in sales in two weeks. I sold out my one-on-one coaching offers. I wound up launching a group program um, to the tune of like $12,500 in cash. And all of that was great. And I was doing that for a while. And then everything came to a screeching halt last November And I'd been like making consistent five figures like of cash in my business. And then it all just like evaporated. No leads. Nobody was engaging. Like nobody was, well, people were engaging, but they weren't converting. And I realized because I had to do a lot of soul searching again, because I was like, I don't understand. Like I, I, I've been doing everything I was supposed to be doing, everything that I teach, what's going on. And I realized that I wasn't really leaning into the gifts that I knew I was supposed to be putting front and center in my business. So even though I was talking about myself as an intuitive business coach, as an intuitive money mindset coach, it really wasn't, wasn't, I wasn't teaching what I wanted to do. And I've been saying that I was so focused on not becoming another like white lady on the internet talking about manifestation that I became another white lady on the internet talking about launch strategy, right? Like I became something that wasn't me. I relied so much on the business aspect of things and that practical advice that I left no room for the magic. And that was what was the real success behind what I did was like a lot of my manifestation practice, law of attraction, law of reciprocity, a lot of this stuff, even like, you know, spell work, things like that. That's what people were loving. And that's what people like needed to learn. That's what I love to teach. So I realized that the reason things weren't moving was because I was out of my own authenticity. And that really, you need to learn those things, not just to make a business succeed, but to like create a good company culture is like how to support people who work for you. So that way they want to manifest with you because you're part of their spiritual journey as well. And so when I made that shift, it was this moment I'd ha- I hadn't made any money for like, <laughs> well, I'd made money, but like such small amounts of money that I felt like I was drowning. 
And it had been about like two and a half months, maybe three. And I had this moment because I had gotten a very clear download. You need to teach magic to people, basically. And I was like, great. Okay. (laughs) Already calling myself a psychic. Like there's no going back to law or journalism after you say that you teach magic to people. No, like there's no going back from this. I had this moment where I just like looked across the room at like my little altar, which was a windowsill at the time because we just moved. I had no furniture in my office. And I said to my guides, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get weirder. Okay. I'm going to teach magic. I'm telling you, I'm going to teach this program. I'm going to teach it this way. I know that's what you want me to do, but I need you to like show up. Like I need you to hold your end of the bargain. I know all of these tests have been for my greater good. I know money isn't real. I know money's energy. I get that, but it's also really difficult for me to show up as the teacher that you want me to be. And it's hard for me to show up as the voice that you want me to be when you're not paying me. So I need you to pay me so that way I can like be the, be the person you want me to be that you've called me to be. And I just like released it. I did that. And then I went ahead and after I'd procrastinated like twice on launching this program and I finally launched it and I was like, that's it. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just going to start talking about my, my methods and what I do And basically, because I do teach manifestation, but it's through the vehicle of spell work, because what we need to make anything succeed, but what we need to make a spell succeed is the same thing that we need for business to succeed. And it's just three principles, which is, you know, align your intentions, embody them deeply and take inspired action daily. That's it. And that's like the basis to all manifestation. So when I was like talking about this, I had fewer eyeballs on this than I'd had on anything. Like my click rates were down. I only had eight people coming to my live workshops. I was panicked. Like I was, I was scared. And I think I was like sending voice memos to my coach, like every day, like, I don't know if it's going to work. Like, this is like, like last time I had like 25 to 50 people. And like, now I've got no one. And he just kept assuring me, he was like, it's coming, it's coming. Like you're doing what's authentically you and that's all you can do. And if it doesn't work, we'll figure it out, right? And so I was like, okay. And then from there, it's funny because basically it almost nearly sold out. Like I wound up making, it was um, $26,000 in sales and $14,000 in cash. And so it was like my biggest month yet. And I'm having so much fun in this program. And it's like, it was divinely inspired for a reason. And it's because like, it's what I'm meant to be teaching. And now that's given me the stability to now like turn my attention to the people at the top and seeing how I can help them create beautiful workspaces from the top down too. So that's my long winded story of how I got here. I love it. We love long-winded stories here. (laughs) Good. Oh, then you're going to love me. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm so excited. My mom's going to be really happy because she tells me, she said, stop talking. Let them talk. (laughs) Here you go, mom. (laughs) Um, There's just so much of your story that I resonate with. I actually work in a nine to five for a nonprofit and I do accounting. Um, And it's very similar in that if you don't hear anything, you know, you're doing a good job. And, Mm -hmm. um, so I really, (laughs) I've noticed so much that as I lean more into my spirituality though, um, the culture completely changes and like 
it changes mostly towards me. Like I'm treated very differently because I, I work for a nonprofit, but we're also, um, it's for the fire department of New York. Um, so it's, it's, it's within a city building. Um, it's very like rank focused. It's, it's very interesting. Um, I actually love it because I feel like it's using accounting skills, which I panicked about getting a degree in accounting. Cause I was like, I hate accounting. What am I going to do? Um, <laughs> So a lot of your story kind of resonates with me for sure, just because I definitely understand um, not knowing if I'm doing a good job and being like, what, <laughs> what's going on? I just think like so much that you said is so amazing, especially with like just leaning into your authenticity. Like I was kind of saying before that I kind of just started opening up the space in the beginning of the podcast because Um, That's what I've been led to. I've been on a spiritual journey, an active spiritual journey for like eight to nine years. But a lot of me was afraid of what other people would perceive that as that like I've lost my fucking mind. (laughs) Like I really just got afraid um, at a lot of points that people would think I was nuts. So I really like just shared kind of tidbits about like my own tools and like different insights and different shifts that I've made, but a lot more of like self-help, like this is what you do without leaning into the spiritual part of it at all. And then one day it just was like, you have to be you and you have to show what you do. Like, this is your process. You're the spiritual being. So how can you not show up as that spiritual being Mm -hmm. everywhere else? Like, this is what you did to get to your point. So you're doing a disservice to not showing that to other people. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that your story is such a beautiful, like proof of that. Right. Cause it, it's never just the practical stuff. <clears throat> so much of like what I, what I teach, like I actually called my program practical magic because it's literally half of the practical stuff, how half of the business strategy on how to's. And then the other half of it is like leaving room for the magic because you'll see in business, there are, yeah, there are like some strategies you can implement that always work. Right. Or that seem to work best. Like if you have a a good Facebook group and good engagement there and you can like, you know, there are ways to like get more engagement and, you know, you know, you can host a series there, like, you know, a free workshop and like, that's good strategy that works. But then there, and like, you know, you will always get like more people. You can always like, you know, convert that, like that, that model over and over again. But then there are the people who were like, have found me because they were like, I went down a YouTube spiral and I don't know what I clicked on, but I clicked on something and it led to this interview with you. And I loved it so much. Everything you said was so magical. Like, I want to work with you. How can I, how can I pay you and work with you? I've had that happen multiple times and that's not something I can replicate. Like that's where we talk about leaving room for the magic. And I, and it's funny because I always say, I know I'm on my manifestation game when I have discovery calls with women who look like me, it's so funny. Cause it'll happen like once a month. Like when I'm in my flow, I'll have somebody with like a blonde lady in glasses normally. <laughs> and it's like, or we're wearing the same hairstyle or something. It's, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's funny because anytime, like I know I'm in my flow when I've got, when I've got somebody like that and I always remark and I always have a good laugh about it because I'm like, I see, I see what's going on here. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, 
I'm wondering like, where did your like psychic connection start or what did that look like for you? Was that something that you've always been like tuned into um, or did it develop over time or how did that go for you? I had like an inkling about it. Like when I was a kid, I was one of these very intuitive kids where um, I was always freaking out adults. Like I would always like say things. I was a very adult child. And so I would say things and like adults would be like, what are you talking about? Like, why, why are you saying that kind of thing? I am like one of my, like one of the examples I use is I remember being over at a friend's house. We were, it was like me and my sister were friends with like these two other sisters and the one who was closer to my age wasn't feeling well. And then she had asked for a glass of milk. And I said, like, don't give her a glass of milk. She's going to throw up. Like I said, that I was like, she's going to throw up. Mm, not good. And the, I remember her mom giving me this look being like, like, what are you telling me to do with my kid? Like, no, I'm going to give her a glass of milk. It's fine. And it was like 10 minutes later, she was puking. <laughs> and I just remember being like, yeah, I told you so. Cause I didn't have a filter. Then I didn't know that anything like that was like wrong or weird, mm-hmm. but you know, you have enough adults look at you weirdly that you just stop saying things, you know? So that's, it got shut off pretty, pretty early. And I really had a reawakening about like three years ago uh, at this point that predated everything where I just remembered I was having all of these synchronicities happen. So just all these little coincidences that seem to have purpose. So me thinking about thinking about somebody and them calling me or me having a conversation with one person. And then days later, somebody totally unrelated says the same thing back to me that I had said, like just things like that. And I was like, this is too weird. I was, and I'd always had like deja vu feelings and I was having it like way more often. I was like, like it was, I, I, so I have like the most like useless prophetic dreams. It's like, I have a dream that what's like one of my recent ones. It's like, I had a dream. I was talking to somebody about my routine, something like that. It's like something really basic and nothing useful. I'm like, Oh, I had a dream about this exact conversation in this exact way with this exact person months ago that I forgot about and I'm having it and it happened in real life. And I'm like, not of course, never any lottery. Yeah. So I was having that a lot more often. And so I had to start researching it because that's who I am. And I just started seeing things about like psychic gifts, psychic gifts. And I was like, okay, that seems, that seems like, you know, why not? That seems like within the realm of possibility. Mm -hmm. So I started like looking for, okay, how can you use your psychic gifts? How can you like tell if you have them and then put them to use? And I found Natalie Miles's podcast. So you think you're intuitive. And started listening to it because when you like she's designed her solo episodes as a course to connect with your intuitive gifts from the beginning. So I started that and like that's how I learned. That's basically how I learned things. I also had like had gotten back in touch with my childhood best friend who was like, you know, she's a very advanced witch. We now have a podcast. Oh, cool. Amazing. Yeah. It's like season two is coming out soon. I'm excited. Um, But she's like an advanced witch. And so she was like very much like in full, like in her full uh, potential with her gifts. And so I started talking to her about it. And so she was giving me some resources and things to do. And it just took off from there. It was like, it was truly like blossoming. Like it just happened seemingly like overnight 
where it started with, you know, I, I've always been a writer. I've always loved like, you know, writing, like, you know, I'm somebody who has to take notes. I can't type notes because I remember it better if I write with my hand. And so I just decided oh, I'm going to start like writing down my thoughts, like when I do tarot readings or if I do like, you know, whatever. And I realized that that was automatic writing, right? Like that's how I was channeling a lot. So I started doing that and I just, and it went from there. Now I don't have to rely on it as much because I also learned how to identify how it feels when I channel versus when I'm just speaking as myself. So yeah, it's been like, it's just been crazy since then. I'm just always open to learning more and I'm always constantly reading about it, listening to podcasts, discovering new stuff. That's just how I am. But that's how it really started. And, and age wise, that was around like 31. So I was still, I was like fairly, I guess you could say late to the game, but that's just because I didn't have anybody nurturing those gifts in me from when I was younger. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's necessarily late to the game because I also am speaking, like I've always been an old soul as well. So like I'm friends with like my mom's friends and like, they're all like, I wish I knew what you know now. So I feel like they give me a really good like perspective into like, Mm -hmm. oh wait, this is like pretty young to be tuned into a lot of these things where a lot of people don't realize that. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think it's so, so, so beautiful the way that soul's paths cross so even you and your best friend um from so long ago just like happening it was so crazy because it's like we had you know we had lost touch because she moved away and then had found each other later on i think aim so you know aol instant Mm -hmm. messenger around like 17 18 and then when that fell out of favor we lost each other again and it was probably now probably like you know six or seven years ago where we found each other on Facebook. I knew it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We found each other on Facebook. I remember finding her and messaging her and being like, is this my long lost best friend? Like, and she was like, it is. (laughs) And so, um, and like, we started texting regularly, probably like about um, like five, four or five years ago, because, you know, she was like, I wasn't there yet in my spiritual journey. So it's like, you know, she had been in my orbit and then like, I just started texting her about things. And so, and I just thought she was like the coolest person ever. I'm like, Oh, I'm like friends with somebody who's like a witch and she's amazing. And like, I love her. And it just like, so of course she was the first person I went to. And I was like, I think I'm a psychic. (laughs) And she was like, I know you're a psychic. Like, I'm glad you're realizing it now. So it was, and it's funny because I realized that I was always using these gifts. I was just calling it by other names. I was calling it like, you know, my intuition, like that's it's, and it's funny because I, like I come from law and journalism and I say so many lawyers and so many journalists have these psychic gifts and they don't realize Mm -hmm. that that's what it is, but it's a thing that, you know, it's a thing that makes them ask a certain question on a cross-examination, or it's a thing that makes them like, you know, call a certain source or like look into this lead, like whatever it is. Those are the things that make them good at their job. It's just that they're calling it something different, but it's, it's all the same. It's still like a God-given psychic spiritual gift. Yeah. I'm wondering like what your decipher is. Do you think intuition and that psychic gift are the same, or do you think that there's like, do you think that it's specific. Like some people have the gift, some people don't. Um, what do you think in I that? Think we all have it. I think we all have it and it all lives under the umbrella of intuition. It's just that our intuition, it, it shows up in different ways based on who we are. 
So like, for example, my strongest one from the beginning was always uh, clairsentience. So being able to feel Feel. the emotions of Mm -hmm. other people and like being able to like experience experience physical symptoms even when I've been really tapped in with a certain person or a certain friend. I once I once got a sympathy period for a friend who was like, I've been on my period for like a month and I don't know what's going on and I have to go to the doctor and I spent too long with her and my period came for like two days out of nowhere. Oh it's like, God. great. Um, <laughs> so, and, you know, I had uh, dated a guy in politics and I always was like, I don't like that person's vibe. This person I do like, like whatever. I just always had like, you know, feelings about people and, you know, being in certain rooms, like just, you know, feeling like things are off for whoever's feeling a certain way. Like I always had that. And then that, and I always had clear cognizance as well. I didn't know that that's what it was. And that's the weirdest one to have because you can't explain it to people. It's like, Mm -hmm. I don't know how I know. I just know. It just pops into my head. That's just what it is. So everybody has a version of it. Like, even if like, you know, somebody always has the words that they, that they know that their friends need to hear when they're hurting. Like, you know, if you're the person everybody comes to for advice, that's generally a good sign that like you're pretty tapped in. Oh, we all have it. We just have it to varying degrees. You know, it's like, it's, and we all call it intuition. That's the thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely agree a thousand percent. I always am trying to show the message that like, I'm not special. Like I'm special, of course, you know, like, cause I'm me and no one else is me, but I also want everyone to know that they all have access to these gifts in some way. And it's like such an important thing for me because I, I just see how there's so many things out there like that people are like, put on a pedestal or like people are following them and there's a lot of ego in it. And I like, mm-hmm. I want everyone to know, like, we're all capable of this and we're all capable of stepping into our power in whatever way that is. And it's unique for all of us. We're all special in our own beautiful ways, but I'm not special for having these gifts because we all have them. Exactly. Yeah. And that, and that's the thing is like, I find that the people who are tapped in, And, you know, you'll see it like when you start doing like deep dives into, you know, big CEOs, big business leaders, big thought leaders, you'll see all of them have a robust spiritual practice and whatever that whatever way that looks for them. But they all have it. And it's because they're genuine, like generally, they're more intuitively led in their businesses than other people are. And so that's what that's and that's what I'm really teaching people is like, how can we like scale back your energetic output So that way you can rely on your intuition to tell you what you need to do and when, because when you start to live in that trust, you don't have to be in hustle. You don't have to like harp on the people who work for you because, because you know that like your, the money's going to show up no matter what, like you just live in trust. You know, I took a day off today in the middle of the week because I knew I was getting my second COVID vaccine and I was like, I'm not going to like, I'm just going to take the day off and not shame myself for that. And then I had a client come through who's like, yeah, I want to work with you. And I'd like to pay you like seven grand up front. Like, okay, cool. Like, here we go. (laughs) So you don't have to be like as plugged in as we think we need to. Like, we think that so much of it has to be like, you know, the, the amount of effort that we put in directly correlates to the results. And that's not really how it works. It's really more, um, more ethereal than that. Yeah, for sure. And I think that the forcing is like such a, it's like drilled into us. Like you got to force your way through. You got to force this to happen. Like you're saying hustle culture is like, it's everywhere. 
But I know for me personally, when I let go, when I do like, I, I forget the steps that you said, but like your intention and then align, like aligned action, like that's where the magic is. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, it comes down to that. It's just so simple. It's just, and, and like, that's the thing is like, nobody needs to work with me. Right. Like if they take those three steps, they're going to get the results, but I have my own processes for how to tap into those things, how to line it up. Like it just makes all the difference. Right. Like that's, that's all it is. It's simple, but it's not. (laughs) I know. Yeah, it is so true. Like even with my healing, like I just started an energy healing business and channeling business um, in February, the date is actually two, 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 which I'm obsessed with. Like that's when the paperwork came through and I was like, yeah, (laughs) I was so excited about it, but I just like realized that I was always, I was trying to force certain things. And I was like, wait a minute, just be me just align myself mm-hmm. and the right things will come. I'm kind of experiencing like a little bit of like back and forth. So every time I go to a reading with someone, I'm always like, okay, so like, when am I going to quit my nine to five job? Like, that's always <laughs> like, you know, that's always like kind of the thing. And every single time I get the message, like, just keep doing what you're doing. You're taking the exact right steps. Everything is going to align perfectly in the right timing you'll know when to go, like, stop asking this question. (laughs) Yeah. It's because you're asking like, and this is the thing is I tell people all the time when I do a reading with me or something, I'm like, don't ask me yes or no. And don't ask me when, 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 or if, because like that you're going to get the, you're going to get an answer like that, right? Like, you know, when it will be. (laughs) So next time you have a reading, ask the questions, what do I need to do in order to leave my nine to five job? within X amount of time. Like that's what you, you want to always like self-reflective questions in a reading are always going to get the best results. Yeah, for sure. I mean, whenever I ask that, they're like, when you keep doing what you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I always know the thing that I love about readings and also hate about them is that like, I'm paying someone to tell me what I already know. It's like, I'm paying someone for this validation, um, which I I think is important. Like I have people come to me for validation all the time. And I think that it's a beautiful reminder. And I think that like you're saying, like people don't need to pay me. They don't, but we have our own ways of doing things and we have our own gifts and we have the way that we relate to people. And there's definitely an energy behind that. And I think working with someone is so powerful. Yeah. We all intuitively know a lot of things, but do we follow it? No. (laughs) (laughs) right yeah Mm -hmm. um so I think it's so beautiful to work with people and to see and I just think it's so fascinating to work on it on the corporate level because I feel like that's the direction society is going in um I think that we're becoming more open and I'm meeting more people like you I'm meeting more people and I'm seeing just I'm not weird like I'm weird and I love being weird but it's also like not so like out of this world anymore to like know about like energy healing. Like I have people that I would have never thought would be at all interested in energy healing, asking me to do a session with them. And I'm like, cool. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And I love it. that like you're working with businesses and corporations. Um, The number of like female lawyers who came to me and said, I think I'm a psychic too, but I've never said it to anybody has been like mind blowing. Cause it's true. (laughs) Like everybody thinks it too. Like they're like, Oh, I've always had really good intuition. They just like shy away from that word. Um, 
from the word psychic because it sounds a little too a little too much, but everybody yeah. is. Everyone's a psychic. Yeah. So when you like introduce yourself or like when you say, do you say psychic? Is that how you label it it depends on the audience if it's somebody who's if it's somebody like you where it's like you know we know what it means and like you know we're already in the culture i'll be like oh yeah i'm a psychic blah 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 but i generally will use the word intuitive Mm -hmm. um because like i say all the time like you have to be able to talk about what you do in a way that people who don't have the language know that they need that that that's what they need or that's what they want and so if I like walk into somebody, like walk into like, you know, a pretty standard business and say, I'm a psychic, like generally that's, they're going to be like, what, what does that mean? But if I say I'm intuitive, I'm an intuitive money growth coach. They're like, oh, okay. So she like intuitively knows how I can grow my money. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. I think that's really important. Um, like I've struggled with it for sure with like trying to explain who I am. And there is like this importance, especially when you have your own business or when you're working with people to be able to explain it in a way that the person who like will benefit from your services will understand or else they're not even going to want to come to you. Yeah. And it happens like, you know, once you've, once you've done the work for so long, you become like so well-versed in that work and, that it it becomes harder to talk about it with people who don't get it. And that's why, that's why, you know, I try to keep it as simple as possible, but effective communication is a big part of it. Yeah, for sure. A lot of this podcast is about perspective shifts and stepping into your power. So I wanted to know if there's any situation that you can think that you like shifted your perspective on something um, that has changed your life. If there's anything that comes to mind. Mm. Oh, there's a lot. I mean, like money is the biggest perspective shift I've ever made. You know, like so many people will in like the spiritual world will say like money's energy, money's energy. And we all know that like you can understand it. But until you hit that, it's hard to explain. So like I came up with I came up with a way for explaining it to people. Um, so that way they, like those who haven't like unlocked that level of understanding can kind of start to like get a feel for it. And so the way I explain the money is energy thing, like that shift is what you're saying when we say that money is energy is we're saying, first of all, that like money isn't real. And then we're also saying that money is a renewable resource, So to go with both of those, when we say like money isn't real, like you have to think of, like think of the word currents, like the word currency, the root word of that is currents, which is Latin for basically like flow. So the other word that has that is a current, like in a river, right? So that describes exactly like what money is. Money is just, is just a physical representation of what a value of like exchange and flow. So it's not like it doesn't have any inherent worth. It's not like even gold, which comes out of the earth, like that doesn't have any inherent worth. It's just because we've all collectively agreed as a society that it has worth. So like money isn't real, like in the physical realm, it's just paper. And now that we're more digital than anything else, like it's easier to understand money isn't real. It's literally just numbers in your bank account. It's just like, you know, transfers. So when we think of that root word of currents and like how that relates to currency and currents, it's really just that money is and money is just the physical representation of flow. 
of like the exchange of energy between people. So it actually like doesn't have any value. It's just literally all relational. So that's the first part when we talk about money, like about money as energy is like money is just constantly around us. It's like floating in the air because, you know, all the people around us generally have jobs and they're paying for things, you know, they're paying their rent online or they're buying things from Sephora online, whatever it is, you know, there's money that's flowing around us all the time, like, you know, through, through the wires of the internet. Right. So that's the first part. The second part is that money is a renewable resource. So we have to think of money less like fossil fuels and more like sunshine where it's like, it's always there because it's constantly flowing around us at all times. And so when we think about it like that, where if money has to flow in order to maintain its value, then you can start to see it as more of that sunshine where it's like, it's there no matter what you do. It's always going to be there. Like there's not going to be a situation where you're never going to see another dime in your life ever again. Right. And so that's when you can start kind of start to trust a little bit more where you're like, this is always going to be here because it's always around me all the time because of like how our world is working and that money is constantly being transferred, like, you know, through the, through the Wi-Fi. Like this isn't scientific, but it's like just a way to like help you shift the perspective on how you view money that makes it like much easier for you to kind of relieve the stress of it and to just trust like, yeah, it's going to come to me because it has to flow. And it's why we seem to like, you know, struggle to get money when we have a really tight grip on it. It's because we're approaching it with this idea that I'm never going to see it again if it doesn't leave this account. But it also explains like why we, why we struggle to make money when we're overspending as well, because we're almost spending from this place of I'll never see money again. So I need to enjoy it now. Right. And so that's how we want to, that's how we got to view it. That's the perspective shift we need to make on money. Yeah. Wow. That is so resonant, especially for me personally. Um, I just had a kind of an experience where I was, I was invited to this opportunity that felt way too good to be true. Um, and I felt off about it. Like just intuitively, I knew it just didn't sit right, right with me, but I was struggling with it because I'm like, I started this new business. I have a lot more expenses. I have a lot of stuff going on. I'm not making that much money in the business. So I was like, to have this money would be really great. But then I realized that saying yes was actually saying no to me being able to make money in a way that's aligned. Um, And I felt like it was really big for me to say no, because I'm sending out trust to the universe that I actually know that this money is going to come to me in a way that's very aligned and the way that's right. And I need to say yes to that trust instead of saying yes to this quick, quick buck kind of thing that probably will not even be real. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, like there's evidence for all of this too, like in ancient texts, I mean, even the Bible, you know, and the, the saying from you know, Matthew six twenty five says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And like, really, that's like what that's saying is like when you trust, when you trust that you're always taken care of, you are always taken care of. And to use like a, you know, sillier example, I'm somebody who's like notoriously late. I am late to everything, always by 15 minutes, like usually. (laughs) And 
because I'm always late, like I've never actually had anything bad happen from it. Like nothing has ever been so bad that like it stopped me. So because like I've never been like I've never had major consequences from being late, I like have this belief that I'm never going to have major consequences from being late. And so I continue to not have major consequences if I'm running late. And so it literally comes down to that. It's like why we perceive some people as being lucky is because like they've never had like significant like ramifications for certain risks that they've taken or, you know, they've never had like something truly bad happen like from, from that kind of self-belief. So they continue to believe that like they're not going to experience those ramifications. Right. It's why like, it seems like nobody can tell white men not to do anything because they, they, they believe they've been conditioned to believe that they can and that it's their birthright because that's how our society is set up. So like, that's the, that's the perspective shift If anybody takes anything away from this today would be like the perspective shift around money. It's like literally just a resource and you can access it whenever you want. And if you struggle with it, like I always say, like, you know, you, you can start, like, you don't have to start with money if that feels like a big leap. So you can always start with things that already feel abundant. So, you know, I, I'm engaged to like, an an English professor. And so we have an abundance of books in this home, like an abundance of books. And I'll say like, you can go on abundance walks or just like, you know, when you're out and about on your own, you're just saying like, you know, look at this tree. Oh my gosh. Cause it's, you know, I'm in Tallahassee. It's like almost summer again. And I look at this tree. I'm like, Oh my God, there's so many leaves on this tree. I couldn't even begin to count how many leaves are on this tree. Like I'll, I could never count that many. There's just so many leaves or even just like if you're walking around your apartment complex, there's so many bricks in all these buildings. There's so many wood panels. There's so many cars here. Like I like what an abundance of cars, like, you know, and I even do this with silly things. Like we've been dealing with like fruit flies here <laughs> the season. It's been rough. So I keep being like, we have an abundance of flies. Wow. <laughs> like we are so abundant in pests. Oh. So, you know, you can do it with like, you know, cat hair everywhere or like, you know, whatever it is, like it just starts to shift how you look at things. Yeah. That's a beautiful tool. I actually, one of my questions is like, what is a tool or modality or any type of tip you would give to someone? Um, would that be it? Or do you have another? Oh, I have so many, like so many, but like, that's, that's definitely a good place to start. That's a good place to start. And generally, um, asking yourself. So when it comes to, I don't know why I'm getting this download, but like spending money. So a lot of times like people are like, they struggle to make the, to like make the decision, especially when it comes to business, like, should I buy this program or this product? Like, is this me being in abundance or is this me buying it out of scarcity? And it's like hard to decipher that in the beginning. And the thing I say all the time is like, if you feel like you're buying something because it feels like a magic solution or like, you know, um, like the silver bullet, like the thing that you need, that's going to like, oh, this will be the thing that's going to like make my, my business take off. Don't invest. That's from scarcity. But if you're investing from something where you're like, this sounds really fun and this sounds like information I would really love to learn and like I'm excited about it and like I feel like this is the next version of me, like this is going to give me the tools that I need, then you can invest in it. 
But like anytime you're putting the pressure on something to like pay itself off, it doesn't work. Like it just, that's just, it doesn't work that way. No, it's again, it's that forcing and like not allowing for that magic or the flow um, to be there. Mm -hmm. And like, you can always like, you know, something you can do is always like, if you're unsure about something, you can always like, you know, close your eyes, take a few deep breaths, like be in meditation and like make like think about the f- future version of you that like you're striving toward, right? Like the one who has everything that you want right now. So like for you, the one who isn't working in her nine to five job, she's totally supported by her business. You know, she's got everything she wants. You know, she's got like the house on the beach, if that's what she wants, you know, she's got like the book deal, like whatever it is, like you make her as vivid in your mind's eye as possible. Like imagine her standing in front of you and like, imagine her in different situations. So like, how does she treat like waiters when she's out, you know, and then how does she interact with like Tony Robbins, right? Like imagine her in these different scenarios to make her super vivid and then put her in front of you, like wherever you're sitting or sitting in meditation and then just ask her, what do I need now? What do I need to do now? What is blocking me now? Like, how do I need to like, how do I grow? How do I like meet you basically? How do I become you? And that person will always have the answer for you. It's wild. Like anytime I've done that, like she's like straight up told me things and she's been like, you don't know, you don't like, you're not confident in selling. Like you don't know how to sell anything. Like you feel guilty for it. And that's holding you back. I've gotten that before. I've also gotten like, you know, well, you don't believe you can't. So of course you can't, you know? So it's like, you'll always get advice from it. It's, it's wild, truly. Yeah, that sounds like such a beautiful practice. I've definitely like done some, a lot of work with like meeting my inner child or like meeting like my shadow self and like speaking to, and I've done some higher self like meditations as well, but I feel like that practice will be something I will use to my benefit for sure. Yeah. And like, keep in mind, like, you know, it's not, that's not necessarily your higher self. It's your future self, right? It's a little bit different. So like we, I will say like, you know, a lot of people think like the goal is to be their highest self all the time and not necessarily like you can't stare at the sun that long. Right. So I always say like with your highest self, like, you know, you also want to make sure that you're deepening into your mission because a lot of times, you know, your high, your highest self knows money isn't real, knows money's energy. No, it doesn't knows it doesn't matter. So you can't really like manifest by tapping into your highest self, like manifest money just from that, because your highest self is like, well, what does it matter? Cause it's not real. Like we don't care about that. <clears throat> but if you're like, well, think about what I'm, when I have this money, what I'm going to do is like, you know, not only am I going to like pay off my debts, <clears throat> I'm going to go and like, call the one of the local schools and like pay off all the lunch debts that kids have, or I'm going to like, you know, help other people. I want to start a foundation or whatever. And when you deepen into that mission, that's when your highest self is like, Oh, that's why we care about money. Cause we can expand like the impact we make in this world. And once you have that, once you realize, like once your highest self realize, Oh, that's why we want money. They're like, all right. Okay. Yeah. I'll jump on board. Let's manifest some money. So like, that's how you want to think of it too. And then always, you can always ask your guides for help or the universe, God, whatever your faith is, like ask for help. Like we get so conditioned into thinking that we need to do it all ourselves. 
that we like, I mean, okay, it makes sense that we struggle to ask people for help, but like they literally exist to help us. So just like I had that come to Jesus moment with my guides where I was like, listen, I can't show up as the teacher you want me to be unless you pay me. You can have that same exact conversation too. And I told this to my sister recently and she, cause she's just been like, you know, having a rough patch for about a year and she's been trying to find like permanent employment and I told her this. I was like, listen, you need to sit down and like lay some boundaries with your guides and like tell them what you want, ex- like is expressly like lay it out for them. And she was like, oh my God, that sounds so aggressive. And I was like, no, do it, do it. I'm telling you. So she had one. So she did this one night and she just like went, you know, went outside. She lives in DC. So she like went to her roof and like, you know, was like crying and like, I can't take the test. I know they're like for my best good. And I know that you love me, but like, I can't do this anymore. Like I need something. I need you to send me something because this is, it's hard for me to grow. And it's hard for me to be the person you want me to be without like a salary, like without a salary, without like a permanent job, without benefits. Like I need these things if you want me to continue on this journey. And literally it was like three days later, a job offer came through for like, over $90,000. So it's like, it's possible. You just have to like be, sometimes you just have to be like really explicit with what you want, you know, explicit in the sense of like, I need, like, you need to send me like money to live money to thrive, you know, not necessarily just like, Oh, I just need abundance. When you say that, then it's like, you could wind up with the abundance of fruit flies. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. That is like, so true. And I've never, like, I definitely ask for help all the time, but I'm, I've never asked specifically like, okay, I need this money. (laughs) Like I really haven't had like that, like stern conversation. Like this is what I need. And I think that you bringing up the point, especially with the higher self is like, they don't care about money. Like, and like, that makes so much sense to me. Like really was a light bulb moment because it's like, yeah, why would they? (laughs) Like, but they don't need it. No. Yeah. So to know that like, you're going to be able to carry out your mission and what you came here to do with money, because that's what we need in this human form. Um, I think that explaining that is actually a very helpful thing. So I'm, I'm definitely going to be having a stern talking to some of my guys. It was a good time for it. You know, we just had a full moon in Scorpio. So now's the time for like some, for some stern talks. I am a Scorpio moon. Oh my God. Let me tell you. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I, the last podcast episode, it released on Tuesday. I just spent most of it crying and I don't do that. (laughs) Oh, I've been there. Like, I know I'm a Pisces sun moon. I'm a Gemini sun. Oh my gosh. Okay. We were meant to talk. (laughs) That's why I can talk, talk anybody's ear off is that Gemini rising. Every time I do a healing session, um, like my whole, like the throat chakra is what I connect to like so much. My aura is blue. I'm told like all the time, everyone's like, I can't shut up. (laughs) And I'm like, (laughs) like every single time I do energy healing, they're like, I am so chatty right now. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's totally me. (laughs) That's really funny. That's so funny. (laughs) I love it. I'm like, it's so cool the way energy does that too. Cause I've heard that Mm -hmm. from like five people that they like, couldn't stop talking after. (laughs) That's literally me to a T. That's so funny. Know, is your throat open or closed in human design? Um, it, defined. Yeah. it is defined. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. This, so then this was good because I have an open throat center. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. What are, what um, design are you? I'm a projector. I knew you were going to say projector. Oh, I wish I said it because I mean, that's such a reading energy specifically of other people. Um, My best friend is a projector. My boyfriend's a projector. My mom's a projector. I'm always surrounded by projectors. I'm a manifesting generator. Um, Oh, that's good then. And it's so funny you say you're an MG because almost all of my clients are MGs. It's so (laughs) funny. Like I attract so many MGs. Because I'm a projector with ADHD. So like I understand them (laughs) on a fundamental level. (laughs) Oh my God. I knew I'm so mad. I didn't say, because I knew you were going to say projector, especially when you were talking about being able to read like people's energy very well. Um, I was like, you have to be a projector, but I love that we're five, one profiles. That's like amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so cool. Those of you who don't know what that is, basically it's like where the, like people perceive us as a Messiah, but we're actually heretics. So it leads to a lot of misunderstanding, which is why we get fired more than other profiles. (laughs) It's too funny. And then I just have two more questions. Um, Do you have any book recommendation? Oh my God, so many. You can give as many as you want. (laughs) I would say like the, my one of my favorite ones is the surrender experiment. By oh, Michael my Singer. Michael Singer. I've Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Cause it's really beautiful. And it's all about like, it's a great example of surrender because so many people will talk about like surrender, surrender. And like the way I talk about it now is I'm like, surrender is having fun because it's like, you're not worried about money and you're not worried about stuff when you're having fun, but it's a real, it's an autobiography biographical account. And I found it really helpful because like the concept was difficult for me. So seeing it play out in somebody else's life, like them describing that, that was really helpful for me. And the way that it unfolds for him, is just like wild, wild. Yeah. Um, another book I would recommend, I just recently read it like a couple weeks ago, existential kink by Dr. Carolyn Elliott so good. It's like such a new, like fresh take on shadow work. That's amazing. Where her whole thing is basically like when you lean into, when you lean into the fact that you want whatever you have in your life, even if it's fucked up, like things start to manifest. So great, a great example of how I've used this recently was I, I was like trying to manifest like weight loss, a better relationship with food because I'm like, like I'm outside my norm. Right from the pandemic, stress, everything. And then this was, this literally just happened. Was it this past weekend or the weekend before? No, I think it was this past weekend. I'm supposed to, I'm going to be in a wedding in like three, in three weeks. And it's a, it was a COVID canceled wedding. So I bought my bridesmaid's dress two years ago. And I've been sitting here thinking like, oh, it's fine. I bought it two sizes too big. So it'll be fine. I'm going to fit it just fine. And then this weekend, like I had this dream where it like, I tried to tried it on the day of the wedding and it didn't fit. And my friend was all stressed out. So I was like, I need to try that on. I tried it on. It's like two sizes too small. This thing is small. And first I'm panicking. I'm like trying to like contact like the company to see if they can send me a new dress. I'm calling seamstresses. I'm doing all this stuff, I'm like looking on eBay and Poshmark and all this stuff. And I'm like really like panicking for a second. And then it hit me. I was like, okay, I manifested this because part of me wanted this. So why did I want this? And I realized, and I was like, I've been trying to manifest weight loss. And I just manifested an excuse to like lose the rest of my weight. 
in a very short amount of time. And so then I started laughing and I was like, oh my God, this is so funny. Like I'm literally going to have to force myself to like get back to my regular size in three weeks. Like I have to get like summer body ready, which I'm like, not, I, I'm not a proponent of these things. So I was like, this is hilarious. So I just leaned into it. I was like, fuck it. Guess I'm going to be working out, eating healthy. So it's like, I got on my shit immediately and was like doing all of the things. And then, and like, just like, it's going to be fine because like, I'm going to like, this is clearly what I'm supposed to do. I love to like, I wanted to torture myself. So here we are. I'm going to torture myself. And then literally two days later, I got this idea to like, I was like, you know, let me just find and see if there's like a bridesmaids exchange, like, you know, group on Facebook. And there was one. So I posted saying like, I'm looking for like a dress in this color, this length, whatever. And somebody was like, there's one on the website in that size on final sale. And I went and I checked and I got the dress in the right size for less than $40. This dress wow. is like over a hundred. Yeah. So it was like when I leaned into what I, what I realized, like, you know, was the fucked up situation instead of getting all upset about it. I was like, okay, well clearly I wanted to manifest weight loss. So here we go. <laughs> and when I just kind of like leaned into it, boom, a new dress came through. Yeah. And I can thank Dr. Carolyn Elliott for that one. So existential kink. And then anybody who's interested in like any kind of beginning magic or energy work, um, this book called the unspell book energy essentials for mastering magic by Maya Ohm. And that's M Y A and then O M. It's basically one of those books that just shifts your perspective big time and makes you see everything you do as magic. It's one of those. So it's like, I've been reading that and I just see, and it's like a fundamental book, but I've been looking like reading it and feeling like, wow, like every, like reality really is a hologram. I can change anything that I want. Like it's really, it's really empowering. It's a great read. It's awesome. Um, I'm really excited for that one, to be honest. And I always put the information about the books in the show notes. So everyone will see your book recommendations. And then my last thing is where can we find you? How do we contact you? How do we work with you? Give us all the stuff. Yeah. So you can always join my Facebook group called five figure launch Queens. And I have tons of free info there. So I do workshops. Like I have a workshop in there, like make one K in one week. I have a workshop for how to manifest anything based on like my three principles So I've got lots of free advice there. Like that's where I put like my most helpful stuff. So you can join that. You can also find me on Instagram at J underscore De Silva. I'm on Twitter, Pinterest, all the social media websites, like LinkedIn. You can find me everywhere. Um, And generally it's like J De Silva in some form is like how you can find me. And then, you know, I have my website, jessicadesilva.com. You can go there to check out like some of the stuff that I have available and to get in touch with me, book a call if you want to come chat. I have like, I, I'll be um, launching like a six, six month mastermind soon that I'm really excited about called Practical Alchemy. And that's for people with businesses already and really looking at how to shore them up and tighten them up and get that manifestation more toward the big vision. So moving away from just looking for the income stability and moving toward like that big vision of like the house and the mountains and, you know, the, the book deals and the speaking tours and, you know, the big, big vision or whatever that looks like for you. 
those three things look like exactly what I want. So (laughs) I'm not even kidding. House in the Mountains, book deal and speaking tour, like sign me up. (laughs) We're calling it all in. That's what this group is for. It's for like that next level business owner and like getting those things like to happen. Like, and again, practical and alchemy. So half of it is going to be practical based. And the other half is like leaving a lot of room for the magic. Yeah, Alchemist. The Alchemist is my favorite book of all time. Like, legitimate. I read it. Oh, my dear Lord. Please read it. Please, please. It is like the quickest read. Um, I mean, it's like a fiction. It's so quick. It is my favorite book of all time. Like, it is my go to book recommendation just because it shows the simplicity of alchemy. And it's just like, Ooh, okay. Oh my God. I've only known it because some pretentious people would say it was their favorite book. And I was like, that immediately makes me not want to read it. Oh my God. You saying it's your favorite book and saying what it's about, that makes me want to read it. Oh my God. It, I mean, like, I, I get it. Like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I totally do. But truthfully, like, it is such such a beautiful book. And it just like, it really is my favorite. Like I would love to write a book like it just because of the way that it just intertwines beautiful spirituality in a very simple fictional book. So it's really cool. Awesome. Well, I'll check that out. That I've been looking for like a fiction for like a fiction book to read. So I'll add that. I'll add that to my list. I have a trip coming up, so maybe I'll get it for the plane. Oh, it is so quick too. It's like, it's one of the books. I mean, I always go back to it. Um, but it's like, sometimes I read through it in like a few hours. Very quick. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that you're taking my recommendation. <laughs> I will. No, I really will. Like, I, I've been looking for fiction, so I will. Um, thank you so much, Jesse. This is a beautiful conversation. I am so excited to connect with you. I was so glad to have you here. So thank you so much for coming. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is beautiful. Thank you so much for tuning in to this wonderful episode of Everyday Perspectives. I have put all the ways that you can connect with Jesse in the show notes, and I hope that you will because she is just such a powerful force, and I know that connecting with her is so beneficial. If this episode resonated with you, I would love for you to share it with a friend, share it with a loved one that would resonate with the messages, and If you are really vibing with the podcast, I would love if you would subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, just letting me know what you like about it. It is so important to get feedback from you guys, so I would just love to hear from you. Thank you so, so much for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one.